Welcome to the Scaling Therapy Practice. I'm your host, James Marland. In this episode, we talk about one of the most potentially scary things for a therapist to do, but also one of the most necessary things to do. We're going to talk about raising your rates for your therapy office. David and I share valuable strategies for setting a competitive price, focusing on niche services, and building strong relationships and reputation while providing excellent customer service. Tune in to hear some advice on raising your rates and keeping a full caseload. It's going to be a great episode. Let's get started. If people can't find your webpage, they can't find your therapy office. You know you have to show up on Google somewhere, but what keywords do you use? And what content do you put on your page to get found? And where do you put it? If you've ever struggled with questions like these, my friend Daniel Fava from Private Practice Elevation has a live course for you. It's called the SEO Basecamp Live Training Group. Enrollment opens January 30th, and he's only taking 12 students. Check out the link in the show notes to sign up for the course or to join the waitlist. Daniel's going to help you rank up in Google. So don't delay. Check out SEO Basecamp Live today and join the training group. PsychMaven is proud to support the Scaling Therapy Practice podcast. And if you are someone looking for ideas that are tailored to your own personal style on how to scale and grow your own impact and income as a mental health provider, we hope you might check out our free online assessment. If you go to stp.psychmaven.com, you can take our free personal inventory and find out what your builder type is as a helping professional. This assessment is quick and fun, and it comes with tons of customized resources with your results, so you can discover the best ways to scale that match your own personality. Find the assessment at stp.psychmaven.com. That is stp.psychmaven.com. P-S-Y-C-H-M-A-V-E-N.com. Have fun with it. Welcome to the Scaling Therapy Practice, a podcast dedicated to helping private practice owners grow their business without the grind. Tune in and join the conversation as we explore how to leave an impact on the world while building a thriving and sustainable therapy practice. Welcome to the Scaling Therapy Podcast. I'm James Marlin, your host with Dr. David Hall. This week, we're going to be talking about raising rates and mm-hmm. increasing rates for therapy offices. Before we begin, I, I want to check in with David on our new segment, Tools, Tips, and Tech. David, what is your... I said I was going to go first, but... I was no, fine, but, but, we, but yes. like we... Well, yeah, but like to unpack it. So James and I often, before we start recording, we're catching up and you know there's a bit of housekeeping we're going through and like this morning before we started recording we were going through online connections between emails and yeah and so it it just you know it we we think about in this idea of we we want to pursue produce content that everyone's going to find useful or useful enough and so when we come across things that we find interesting or useful or it's making our lives easier and helping us we want to share it so but yeah, yeah, we probably yeah. talk about half a dozen different tools every time. 
yeah. we talk and there's some really neat new ones. And you, you told me one thing that you're one idea you're talking about. So go ahead and start. Yeah, I, For me, it's just a book I've been going through. And I think we mentioned it in some earlier episodes, but Atomic Habits by James Clear. Great. Yeah. My, my wife and I just started it together. We, we do a lot of, when we do road trips together, we'll often do audiobooks together. And there's, it's very systematized from my wife, particularly. I'm typically driving. And the way we do it is we have the audiobook, and my wife has the physical book and this line of highlighters and pens. And we're, she's going through, as we're listening to it, she's going through the physical book and like doing annotations or highlighting things in different colors. But it's a very absorptive process for mm -hmm. her and how she's really trying to, to take it in. And so we're about halfway through it, but we started the book and it's, a, it's an excellent book. And he, he starts off kind of telling he's not a psychologist or he's, he's just a person who started writing about habits as he experienced the transformative effect of thinking about things in his own life. He, I won't give away too much, but the book starts out with him telling a story of having a major head trauma during a sporting uh, baseball, baseball, baseball yeah. accident. Yeah, he had a, a, someone accidentally threw a bat at him. I think they were hitting the, the bat, slipped out of their hands, and mm -hmm. it ended up doing massive head trauma for him. And he had to kind of rebuild his athletic capacity. And, and, and so as a high schooler, he began learning the benefit of consistency of certain things. And then he began writing about habits and kind of collected data. And, and, and anyway, but it's just a lot of, you know, it's an excellent book. It's not a particularly long book. It's a very easy read. It's very kind of conversational. It's highly applicable. He, he, oh, he, man. Yeah. yeah. You can use everything in that. Yeah. And so even so far, the, the week that my wife and I have been going through it, it's prompted a lot of conversations, a lot of reflection. You know, it's the beginning of 2023 and mm -hmm. we're recording this. And that was, you know, the prompting is, 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 you know, what do we want 2023 to look like? What do we want our lives to look like? What do we want the habits to be to reinforce them? How do we be practical and implement them? So, yeah, so that's for me, one of the big things, but cool. you know, yeah, for you, James, what have you been? So I'm going to, I'm going to highlight a tool that I discovered a couple months ago. You probably, you might've heard me talk about it if you joined my newsletter or any of my blogs, but I use Descript a lot right now. Script is a, I, I got it initially first for just podcasting or recording things for audio, but they added some tools in the last update or two on video editing. And so mm -hmm. the, the premise of Descript is you record audio or you can even upload audio. In fact, this we're recording this here on Zoom. I take the files and upload the video files to Descript. And what it does is it, it creates a transcript of the recording. Mm. And then I can edit the transcript to edit the video. <laughs> so it is really cool because if you don't have super video editing skills, but you have marginal you know, word processing skills, you can edit the video to make it look nice. And something they recently added, or maybe I recently discovered, was video overlays. So you can create scenes and then put in either your own video or they have a bunch of stock video mm. footage or pictures that you can put in, sound effects, audio effects. If you check track. us out on YouTube. Yeah, if you check us out as oh. a podcast on YouTube, you can see like what the results look like there. Yeah. And 
even just the audio you're listening to right now, like James and I are decently fluent in our speaking, but it's a lot cleaner in the version, yes. like our filler speech is being taken out and mm -hmm. it's an amazing tool. And if for those interested in podcasting and James will have that in the show notes. And so wherever you're checking this out, you'll be able to see links for Descript and the book. Podcasting, course creation, even blogging. Like I can take, I can record myself, take out the ums and the ahs, then edit the transcript and bam, I have a blog. It is yeah, awesome. The, the key for scaling and we'll probably do a whole episode about this is repurposing mm -hmm. and that's oh. something that you know if you have if, if you're making anything finding ways to repurpose james writing things down right now which is good so <laughs> it, you, may, you may catch it in a, re, in, a, in a soon to be episode but but anyway but to to segue i guess one one last feature is sure. studio sound just just studio oh, sound yeah. Because I'm recording in a room that I, I'm fighting with the the echo because it's a small room. Not I don't have a lot of furniture stuff on the wall. I'm trying to, but I fight with the the sound quality with the echo. And I can click studio sound and it it takes like 80, 90% of the bad stuff out and makes you sound a lot better. So mm -hmm. that's I, I suppose I could spend another 20 minutes talking about Descript. But mm -hmm. I, I wanted to highlight that because you don't have to be an audio engineer to make things sound great and look good. So anyways, mm. we'll, we'll, no. we'll talk, we'll come back to that. You'll find, we, you'll probably hear a lot more in Descript and there could be more things in the future to check out. It's one of my favorite tools. I use it every day almost. So yeah. segue, David, we were talking about rates and you, you have a story to tell about rates. Our topic is raising rates and, and when to, when to do that and some, some things to think about when you do it and maybe mistakes. So did you recently had a change, right? I did. This is the first Tell one. Tell me about it. it. Yeah, it, it's funny. James and I haven't spoken much in the past few weeks because it's been holiday break. Holidays. I, yeah, I, yeah, I took some vacation. And so this is our first time recording in a few weeks. And we'll come up with episode ideas and James had outlined some ideas. And he goes, I think I want to talk about rate raising. I'm like, well, I just did that. <laughs> and he's like, perfect. And that wasn't planned, but yeah, I did. It, it's how it's going. It's, I can't tell you necessarily, right? This because it's, this is literally the first week, but I did a rate raise this time last year and I, and that was the first one in a while. And so I guess yeah. my, my first question about that is what are, what are the, some of the fears then, or what were you feeling? Like what was going through your mind and your processing as you're thinking, oh, I need, it might be time to change my rates and maybe relate that to other people. So the fear, I think for anybody, but definitely for therapists. And, and let me start out by saying as a general rule, and there are always exceptions to the rules, but as a general <laughs> rule, therapists are really score me about mm -hmm. money. Mm -hmm. Most of us didn't get into this for money. Uh, right. if, we, if we were looking to you know, we would have done something different. And I, I don't know anyone that got into therapy because they thought that was going to be the most lucrative thing they could possibly do. But, and so because of that, like it, it often feels there's something that feels kind of wrong about talking about it. We get uncomfortable. And sometimes depending on the sort of practice you have, if you have an insurance-based practice, rate changes are often, you know, it's about what insurance wants to. Right, you're not in control of that. Yeah, you're not in control of that. And so for some people, you might be in a practice where, deciding rates isn't something that's a part of your flow because of the sort of practice you do. But I've 
been in an, a cash base slash out of network billing setting my entire career. And so rate setting, but the fear is going back to the, you know, you, we're uncomfortable about money. The fear is, I think the first fear is people are going to leave. I'm going to lose clients. Right. I'm going to, I'm that people are going to say, this is too expensive. This isn't worth it. It's going to rock the boat. People are going to leave. I think that's the first fear. The second fear is maybe they won't leave, but they'll be upset. Mm-hmm. And then I have to deal with what does it mean? And, you know, I don't, I don't want to be the bad person, you know, in, right. in this, I don't want to be the villain. So therapeutic alliance might break. Yeah. There, or... There's yeah. It, it's money feels like this intruder. Right. I have to kind of come in. And so it's I'm your the therapist and bill collecting. Yeah. And it, it really is. And, and it's, I feel I, I've had some good modeling and I'll, I'll share some anecdotes of yeah. one of my supervisor I had early in my career. I was still in grad school. She was somebody I had, I knew because she worked in an office with one of my graduate professors. So I had connection with her before she supervised me. And she, we started supervision the same way she started her therapy sessions. Billing was the first thing. Now, this was back when she, you run your credit card, credit card machine. But that was before we had any conversation about anything. It was pay the bill. And her mindset about that was, let's get this out of the way so we yeah. don't have to end. We don't, and it was part of, and so that was a rhythm I, I took from her. And in the years since then, I've worked in different settings where I wasn't the one doing the billing. I had reception staff. And so it wasn't always a conversation I had. A lot of us work with EHRs now that mm-hmm. the billing's kind of built in. And that's what it is for me now that I don't, people pay with a, an on-file credit card. And, and so it's not, I don't, I'm not taking payment for them regularly. And, and so it, it allows the money to move in the background, but about rate raising. And, and I guess maybe one question to start is like, when do I do it? Like when yeah. to do it? When's enough? Because a lot of people wait too long. And here's kind of a thought process I have. I encourage people when I'm coaching or consulting with people in practice setting, I encourage people to look at a yearly rate adjustment. Okay. And here's why. If you do it on a yearly basis, it doesn't have to be as extreme normally. Oh, you said rather than every five years or something. Okay. What what I see happen and I've seen happen historically is a lot of people don't look at it. They just keep the same rate for a long time. And then- And their expenses don't go down, right? Like- No. Salaries and equipment and like your phone bill and all that stuff. Yeah. That, that's never going down. Yeah. And and you look at different just cost of living adjustments. Like yeah. the cost of living where I live in Knoxville, Tennessee, has gone up huge in mm-hmm. the past several years. I, I think like housing, since the pandemic, housing has gone up like over 30%. Mm-hmm. And so when I say changing rates to I'm a group practice owner, it's not it's less about me changing my rate though. That's a part of it, but I'm, I'm making decisions on how rates are being charged by other people too. Hmm. And I, I did it last year at the, at the beginning of 2022 did a rate change. And the reason we did it then is we had not adjusted the rates since 2017. So it had oh, been dear. five years. Yeah. And in cost of living and inflation going into 2022 had gone up quite a bit. And like we were feeling it and, my staff was paid based yeah. on it, it is based on money that they generated through client fees. And so their cost of living had gone up, their expenses had gone oh. up. 
Yeah. So they weren't getting paid more either. Like their raise. Yeah. They, when they, they got paid more when their rate went up, but like they were getting, but, and depending on how the settings where you work, you know, they were taking home based on different percentages of client fees. The fees. But if the fees don't go up for years and years, they are not also, yeah. you know, their expenses are going up. Their expenses are going up. And right. so, yeah. yeah, and yeah that so makes basically, sense. there's this kind of slow demotion process that happens mm -hmm. when you're fee for mm. service. And that people don't think about that. Like, no. Why? Yeah. Well, and it, 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 there's a little bit of frog in the boiling pot sort of metaphor mm -hmm. this idea mm -hmm. of, of it's slow oftentimes. Right. Right. And I, I've seen a lot of therapists, particularly ones that have been in the business for a very long time, they they just get it's it's incremental. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that's different at the time we were going to 2023, that over the past few years in the United States, inflation rates have been higher than they've been in 30 plus years. Yeah. And in over the course of 2022, inflation rate was, I think, between eight and nine percent in the United States. So that that means that one dollar at the beginning of 2022 that that value you know would have been i guess to increase it you know like a dollar ten a dollar and ten cents and so that's the same amount of money then so what what a dollar is worth at the beginning of 2022 at the end was you know you needed a dollar and nine cents or dollar and ten cents mm -hmm. to equal that value and that affects things and that was and, and and so I was not looking when I raised rates at the beginning of, of 2022, I wasn't looking to do another raise right. as high this year, but it ended up, we ended up going up another bit because of cost of living and inflation and all these different yeah. metrics. So matrices. what were the big factors for you for, for looking at that? Since you had already done one, when we're mm -hmm. talking about other therapists who are thinking about raising rates, what are some of the big factors that played a part in your you're you're mm -hmm. like we got to look at we got to do something about this as therapists we're often feelers touchy-feely mm -hmm. sort of people and one of the things i've learned still learning i haven't learned it i'm still learning it as a <laughs> as a business owner is i've got to take my emotions out of the money equations mm -hmm. as much as possible i've got to find what are objective measurable things i can look at because I feel uncomfortable with raising sure. rates. Yeah. But I'll also also feel at times, maybe if I'm doing it, like, was well, this enough or is this too much or too little? And so I try to set it on, okay, what were we charging at whatever point? And so if you're a therapist in private practice or in group practice or whatever it is, and you have agency in deciding your rates or have had agency in deciding your rates, think about when you set your rate initially. Think about when it was and what it was and what were mm -hmm. the, and, you know, in assuming that you felt it was an appropriate rate at the time. And let's say, you know, example, like I had that setting a rate in 2017, I would look at what was for a round number, let's say a hundred dollars. Mm -hmm. What was a hundred dollars worth in 2017? Mm -hmm. And what has the same value now? And you look at, you know, and there are any number of, uh, you go online and look at cost of living adjustment or inflation adjustments. You can find different. Can you find it for your area? Because I'm assuming. Yeah. Oh yeah, the, you can uh, find it. Like I, there's in a in a course I teach about therapist careers. Uh, I have a cost of living adjustment calculator that you could say between 
So I'm in Knoxville, Tennessee, as I, I said, and James, you're in Pennsylvania, uh, Lancaster, Lancaster, Pennsylvania. And so they're cost of living calculators. And you, you do an online search for a cost of living calculator. You can say like, okay, if I were to move from Knoxville to Lancaster and I'm making $65,000 a year, what does that look as a difference? Mm-hmm. And it'll tell you. And I, 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 because this is something to go a quick tangent, therapists, when they're moving, they may look at like, oh, I'm, I'm taking this job and it's paying $10,000 more right. here than what I'm making now. But you've got to look at like, what does it cost to live? If you're, if I'm moving from where I live to Bay Area, California, which is some of the most expensive costs of living, you know, if I, if I'm making another thirty-five, forty thousand dollars $40,000, I'm still going to be worse off. Yeah. Because yeah. of what is housing costs, what is, and, and certain things change. Except the weather. Yeah. Yeah. But, well, I mean, uh, I, it's, it's Mark Twain famously said the coldest winter I ever spent was a July in San Francisco. Oh, interesting. Uh, yeah. Uh, it, it, it surprised me. I've only been once, but it surprised me how cold I was in, in there in July. But the, uh, but otherwise, you know. Anyway. So back on track, you got to look at, you got to look at like what, when you're raising rates, you got to look at what, what it was initially Mm -hmm. and what it, what's a comparable number now. And just for, for me, and then talking about rate adjustment in this way, it's thinking through, I'm just trying to stay even. Mm -hmm. And that's what, and so the rate raise I did this last year was, and I had to, it wasn't an easy thing. For me, it wasn't an easy thing. And there was a lot of resistance amongst my clinical team mm. because they felt that, you know, that because of the fear of therapeutic alliance, if you're losing clients. Right. And, but I, they, I had explained and unpacked. I'm like, look, guys, I'm not trying for us to make more money. I'm trying for to get us so we're making the same amount of money right. or somewhere close to that than we were, we were 12 months ago. Yeah. And I'm looking at things, I've got a fairly young, a lot of people kind of early careers. And so I've had a lot of people work for me by their first homes. And I've had two people this last year, three people by their first homes. And I've other, and so this, these are factors of like they're mm-hmm. in the housing particularly has gotten so yeah, much more sure. expensive. Yeah. And, but this affects how I communicate. So as a segue to if like, okay, how do you decide to make... How to, in deciding how to raise rates, I for me, I'm looking at how do I keep things even and what are the mm-hmm. measurements? Mm-hmm. The other thing to consider is, you know, what does your community look like for pricing? Now, there are rules about this. You can't, there, there, there are laws against, in most places, kind of setting standard rates in a profession. You can't say this is what therapists charge in an area and mm-hmm. publish that. But you have the freedom to go online and whether it's psychology today or going to individual websites and see what other therapists are charging. Because what will sometimes happen when I was adjusting my rates, that was one of the things. I, I, I looked at a few different other local practices to see what people were. Right. Because I had had a goal where I didn't want to be the most expensive practice in town. Right. But then looking, okay, who is the most expensive practice in town? What are the rates they're charging? And okay, how do we aim for something that's not quite that high? But take your emotions out of it is my biggest encouragement. Like look at numbers and also look at your expenses. Look at like if your Mm -hmm. expenses have changed, whether it's anything from, I would say like my EHR, the beginning of this last year, my EHR costs went up exponentially. I heard about 
I heard a few stories. Yes. And it was now that that was not a cost of living adjustment for them. Yeah. That was anyway, I, I, I went on online rants about that and I'm not going <laughs> to speak her name, but a lot of expenses went up looking at, I, I look at utility bills. I look at kind mm-hmm. of all these different things. And, and now some therapists won't know these numbers. You, you just may pay a bill. And this is something where knowing your numbers, this is yeah. my friend Gordon Brewer. This he is one a, of his. Does he have a podcast on, or he does course, have a know your numbers? So, uh, money Matters. Now, money matters, matters in private practice is. And so that's a practice of therapy with Gordon Brewer and really check that out. But he's really big on that. And it I'll is, put a link for yeah. all these courses and stuff. I'll put a link. It might. Um, yeah. It, it's, but it's a huge thing to know. But if you if you don't know what you're paying on a monthly basis and you don't know where, how it's adjusting, it's really hard to then make decisions about what rate raises are. Mm-hmm. But know your numbers. Know right? your numbers, absolutely. Yeah. And, and, but yeah, that's, and the, and, and think about strategies of how you want to communicate it when you decide to do it. And, and for me, I wrote a letter. Now, because part of it is I'm making a decision, my wife and I, because we are, we're co-owners in our practice, we're making decisions collectively that are affecting our team. And so I, I do want to take a certain responsibility for that. They have to live with it in the relationship mm-hmm. with their clients. But so I composed a letter. I did it last time I raised the rates, did it this time that went out to all our clients. And in it, it says like, we're just to let you know, this is a notice to let you know that we're increasing rates starting January 1st, 2023. Here's, and, you know, to, and here's the adjustment. And, but I do explain why I'd be like, you know, this is, mm-hmm. This is 12 months after our last adjustment, adjustment, and it 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 represented about a nine percent increase. And so realize that this is a hard, it can be a hard thing for a lot of people. Here's why we're doing this. Like you know, this right. is yeah. this has been the the cost of living and inflation rates over the last 12 months. It's important for us to take care of our clients, but it's also important for us to take care of our staff. Mm-hmm. And for us, you to, can't for, you can't have good therapy without the yeah. right people. Yeah, and. Their costs have gone up, and this is why. And we added something to it that we have reduced fee options in our practice. Mm -hmm. We have a scholarship Mm -hmm. system of how we do Mm -hmm. it. And we say, like I say in that, like, if this rate raise means that therapy, affordability of therapy changes for you, please talk to your therapist, as we can see about, um, Mm -hmm. you know, doing different scholarship offerings for people based on need. Because I don't want to tone deaf to that. I don't want to be, I realize that this is, but... I also know that for 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 certain clients it is a burden, but I also know for other clients it's not in the same way. Now that could do with the clientele that I serve, but for them, them paying an extra ten dollars per session isn't a you know that's, right. that's it's not, not a gonna, deal breaker. It's not going to change their life. But we think it is. Don't don't, don't you realize well, it that? is like, for for us a lot of it is. For it, us, it, we're like oh yeah. And it it is, and it is this agonize over it. Like, oh, I, I remember changing prices as the virtual assistant company, and I I probably moved too slow on it. But as you know, the inflation went up, we we made incremental changes. But it, I don't think it was, I don't think I looked at the numbers the same way you looked at the numbers, realizing how how bad it had gotten in just three years over the pandemic with, with rates and wages and stuff. So, but I agonized, like I, I agonized over just, you know, a $5, $10 change. And we, we look at what it is for us personally. And, and I think there's the, I often talk about things holding them in tension. And I think 
being sensitive to the financial impacts that rate changes have on your clientele is hugely important. Mm -hmm. But in the other bit, you've got to figure out how to sustain yourself and sustain the systems that you're trying to maintain. And I've seen this for therapists that they don't ever change their rates. And I think of insurance, oftentimes insurance is slow to yeah. change rates. And I think of a former supervisor of mine. He was, an issue I had with him is while he was supervising me, he worked in a different practice for me. I didn't set my rate in my practice. My practice set the rate. But I was more expensive than him as a pre-licensed therapist. I was more expensive than he was as somebody with multiple licenses and a doctorate. And I challenged him. I go, you're because he you're never a... changed his rates. He changed them too slow. It was know. he was doing this was in around 2010. He had he was charging $90 a session, which really was, which was lower end, and yeah. I was 95. <laughs> but oh. I was far less experienced. I was mm -hmm. far less, but and he had started where it was much lower. But he mm -hmm. would there were times where he he would talk about doing 50, 55, 60 sessions a week and, wow. and, and a certain phase. And I asked him, as he told me that, I, his name was David as well, is David. And I said, David, was that healthy? And he said, <laughs> he said, well, I had two kids in college at the time. So in that sense, it was healthy. Yeah. And because for him, it, it was his, his answer for my expenses are going up. And this is what I charge clients. What do I do? Well, I'll see more clients. Yeah. But it's not most therapists. You will run out of time. There, there, is, there is a limit. Like time is a scarce resource. It's mm -hmm. one of the scarce resources we have. And that's one of the you know, pillars of the, this podcast is you, you only have so much time. Mm -hmm. And you don't want to grind yourself to, to the dust. Full-time practice, and this is a question I get asked because people wonder, like, well, what is full-time practice? Statistically, um, because, you know, groups like AAMFT and A keep mm -hmm. statistics on, like, what when someone who's in private practice, how many sessions do they see? And it tends to run between about 20 and 30 sessions a week, tends to be pretty full-time for people. So he was, and, he was doing double. But. Yeah, he was doing double what most people... And it's not that if you're in practice and you see more people... And that feels sustainable for you. More power to you. Like, I don't, I don't mm -hmm. want to mm -hmm. cast shade mm -hmm. on anybody depending on, because different people have different capacity. However, I know plenty of people that they hit that 20 to 25 range and they feel kind of, that's their top end emotionally. And that's. It's, it's emotional drain. Yeah. That's and that's another limited resource. <laughs> yeah, it, it is. You may have hours, but you may not have the capacity. Right. Yeah. And so then it becomes, okay, you're at your emotional top end. And people will be like, well, I'll just see, I'll see more clients, but then if, are you going to burn out? And so some of rate increasing or rate changing is a way that you protect yourself against burnout and protect yourself. You, Sustainability. You preserve yourself for your yeah. clients. Yeah. And, and, and so it's not, it's not that it's easy. I want to acknowledge that this is not an easy thing and there are fears there, but I will say I, I don't have that. I don't have the data in yet of what's going to happen with this rate increase. But I began sending out notices to people six weeks ago, so this isn't new information. Like people, people have been mm -hmm. told that this is is where things are. Any feedback and on it yet from the clients? No, no, no feedback yet. So. Not that not that's filtered up to me. Now there may have been for individual therapists yeah. that they may have, but it hasn't come up to me yet. 
And when we did it last time, I, I would say that I said it was a hard discussion with my team talking about the rate change. But the people that had the harder time with it were people that have been newer for us in this mm -hmm. year. They weren't with us for the last rate change. And for my staff that was part of the team during the last rate change, they kind of gave feedback to the group as a whole saying like, you know, it was some people we had to have the conversation of how to adjust or how to to find ways to make it work for them. But for a lot of people, they, and, and particularly in this time right now, as there's radical shifts in cost of living and things like people, even if it's a hardship for them, they're understanding in the sense of the why. There, I, I, I have not gotten any feedback of like, well, why in the world would you raise rates? Well, I think it's all over, like the news and social media has primed us for yeah. that. Like, I, and just going to the grocery store, dude. Yeah, in in that, and it's people so are, expensive. yeah. And so I, I think people are going to the gas pump, going to the grocery store, gas going, pump, you, know, you, yeah. you, you see these things. And fuel you kind of, oil right now up, you know, Northeast, uh, like somebody says like $6 oh, a gallon God. or something. I just, and then they're, yeah. Anyways, yeah. prices are going up. Price are good. But something I've said before, even if we weren't in this sort of major inflationary season, I would still encourage people to look at a rate change on a yearly basis. And, and here's why. If it's small, you're not having to do catch up. Like in an ideal mm -hmm. sort of time, if I was, if, if, at the end of next year, we adjust it two dollars, or a dollar mm -hmm. fifty, or not dollar fifty. I wouldn't. I would make rates <laughs> whatever fifty cents. Yeah. But it it's a slower adjustment, and that means you're not having to catch up. And if I had done yeah. that starting in if in mm -hmm. from 2017 18, yeah. to eighteen, if I had done those, I wouldn't have had to do a big increase in twenty two. Right. And I, I think that's a kinder thing for your clients, for staff, mm -hmm. and just sort of, and, and then also for long-term people, it just becomes, this is, there's a rhythm to it. It's, you know, end of the year, this is an, a, an assessment. And and, you, and your new, your new clients don't even know you raised the rate. Yeah, because they, just yeah. Like, oh. yeah, anyone who started this is just kind of what it is. It, but it, but there is fear, there is anxiety, mm -hmm. it is real. And. But you've got to think about the, the margin has to come from somewhere. And if you don't look at your rates, that margin means it's going to come for you personally. Yeah. Or the people that work with you. And is that fair? Right. And is that sustainable? Yeah, hundred percent. I, I have a, I have a friend, Marv, who runs a lawn care service business mm -hmm. and we were talking about contracts and I think he, he does three-year contracts, but every year, even mm -hmm. in the three-year contracts, it goes up a certain amount per, per year. Mm -hmm. And that way, after the end of three years, he doesn't get, you know, he doesn't be like, oh, I'm raising it nine, 10% this year. Yeah. He's, I've learned a lot from Marv. I think you can learn a lot of things from other businesses, not just ther therapists, business on how to run things because they just the different perspective and how to think of things. Mm -hmm. And it, it just made a lot of sense to do it, it incrementally rather than all at once, because mm -hmm. then, then when you're comparing yourself to other people, like the other lawn care businesses, he goes up 10%. He, 
they're going to find somebody that, you know, doesn't raise their rates. They might not do the, the, the same quality of work, but it's, mm -hmm. it's going to be people look at the, the dollars, especially when there's a bigger increase. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and I think as much as you can pad it where you're making smaller increases, mm -hmm. but do smaller increases more frequently mm -hmm. versus, and it is like, and I, and I had asked me part of my team in the context of the, of the rate raise, well, but you're not going to do it again this much next year. And I said, I don't know. Right. If, if like, I, I'm not, I don't, I mean, I'm, I'm going to adjust based on what our need is. Mm -hmm. And, and it, it, it goes to the issues of leadership. If you're, if you're in a group practice where you're leading a team or you're leading is that this is, this is hard. So it's not just your own fears for your own clients, but you know, I had to think through how to pitch this mm -hmm. to people to that were going to, yeah, mm -hmm. that were going to, you know, live with it. And, you know, someone said, cause I, I do a lot of collaborative discussions with my team. But I also, I'm, I don't run a democracy. I'm not, I'm not a president of a democracy. Mm -hmm. I'm a, you know, I'm a, I'm a dictator. I try to be a benevolent one, but I, and, and for me, that's just a part of honesty. Like, and this was, well, as I was talking. the risk. Like, yeah, it, it's you, the, you bear the risk. Yeah. And I, I don't, I don't see that as a negative thing. And, and I think there's a certain functionality to it of that. There's a, if everything was up for a vote, it'd be hard to get things done. Mm -hmm. And, and I, and I bear, you know, the cost and responsibility of things. And so it, it becomes, but, but for me, it, it's important for me to, to be open in the process. And I'll, one, somebody said, as we we're talking about, they're like, well, you, you're going to make a decision regardless of what I say. And they weren't being defensive about it, but they were just mm -hmm. being matter of fact. I go, but I want to hear what you're going to say. I'm like, yes, I'm going to make a decision because somebody has to make a decision. Right. And this was something in, to reflect on going through COVID. And here's, here's, I had to make decisions, a lot of decisions, in particularly 2020, about how we were going to operate. About Without a lot of data, man. Without oh a lot of I did, data. I, we didn't know so many yeah. things. And making a decision of when we were going to, when in March of 2020, when we were going to stop seeing in-person people. And mm -hmm. then when... We, when were we going to be back in person? What were our office protocols? You know, how we were dealing with things with masking, how we were dealing with our clients and how they felt about it. Cause we had clients all over the place in their yeah. opinions about that. And I was constantly having to evaluate what we were doing. And one of the things I told my team throughout that season is I said, look, guys, I, I accept that I'm not necessarily making the right decisions. And I apologize mm -hmm. if some of the things that I'm deciding on end up being incorrect. But somebody has to decide. I'm not saying that I'm right. I'm just saying I'm just the person that's in this position that has to do something. And well, yeah, the clarity of direction often trumps the confusion. Like if you mm -hmm. have a direction, people will often get in line as long as you're, you know, humble enough to say, you know, Mm -hmm. I don't know exactly how this is going, but this is where we're going. This is where we're heading. Mm -hmm. And it will often, you know, bring in people to get get on board with the decision mm -hmm. as long as they know that there is some 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 clarity there for mm -hmm. what's going on. And I'll say, like I, you know, I, I wanna if I make a mistake, I wanna own it. Mm -hmm. Well, want maybe too strong of a term. I 
I accept it's a good thing. I don't always, I'm not always thrilled. Right. That's too knowledge a mistake, but I, I believe that's important. But going back to the discussion on raising rates, I think that's, that's part like, it, it may be hard and there may be difficulty. It may affect things, mm -hmm. but to, it's not something you can ignore. And I think in the context of, of when we're having this conversation mm -hmm. of, you know, I think, I think the last time we're, inflation rates were like this, were like the early eighties. Mm -hmm. And so it's, 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 so it's not just that there's constantly changes in pricing, which there have been, but they're changing in a very quick, in, right. in a very quickly. And if you don't it, pivot, if you don't adjust, right. it's, it's not, it, you can't ignore it. It will affect somewhere. Mm -hmm. And, and one of the big things, if you ignore it, it's going to come out of your margin, like mm -hmm. you or your team's margin, you're, mm -hmm. you're going to do that. We've covered a lot of ground. I had a section here on mistakes. Is there anything, any big mistakes you can think about when not uh, doing it quick? Like I said, not the big mistake the I would big say one is not doing it quick, not, yeah. not doing it often enough mm -hmm. and, and historically not being too emotionally driven in, in deciding rates. And, and I've had a lot of freedom over the course of my career in that for a large sections of my career, I did not set my rate. I worked for somebody else and they set my rate. And so it would, mm -hmm. there's the freedom of not having to make the decision. <laughs> but since I have been in leadership positions and having to make that, it's the realizing like, I need to, I need to do this more frequently. I need to think about it more strategically and i think that and I, and I think it can be a mistake if you under communicate your reasons i think it's good to if you're setting rates for other people to really bring them in as much as you can mm -hmm. to to the decision making process and for clients to i would over communicate i mm -hmm. like i think because there's fear and embarrassment that sometimes people will really low key it. Like they'll be like, oh yeah, yeah. And by the way, rates changing, uh, yeah, yeah. moving on. And that's why I, I said I did a letter. Like I wanted it to be something that, and it gave my therapist freedom where they didn't have to sit down and explain it all. It was that the clients got a letter mm -hmm. and therapists did have to say like, hey, do you have any questions about this? Do you need a, mm -hmm. are there needs? And, and so again, just being upfront about, and, if if you, now if you're looking to raise rates because you have the sense of well my costs aren't changing it's not a it's not relating to your costs it's relating to I think I can I think I'm worth more that's a different conversation and that's a different and I don't I don't want to shame that yeah. I, I'm I am far more expensive now than I used to be because I you know I, I'm very selective on taking new clients. Yeah. And if you are going to work with me as a new, like I've I've got a lot of responsibilities. And so I have mm -hmm. to really make my therapy time at a certain price. Mm -hmm. And so I'm, I'm more expensive than most of the people that work for me. And so when I raise my rate, it's a different thing. Right. And so I, I don't want to shame that, but that's a different, but I think what we've covered today it really feels like, yeah. The target of what we we're going for, just the beginning of the year, start of a yeah. new year. Yeah, you think about your budgets and just different things, and the and if you don't have a budget area. though, if you don't have a budget, you need a budget. So if this if this has prompted another thing, think about like if if you're just kind of feeling your way through your finances, you won't scale well. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Julie Harris from Green Oak 
is releasing a new book. I don't know. I don't think it's released yet. Profit first for therapists. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the collaboration with the Mike McCallowitz brand. And, and she yes. did the Money Matters course with mm -hmm. Gorn Brewer. They did that mm -hmm. together. And uh, oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So it, it's, but yeah, if, if to really, you know, as, as the theme of our podcast is scaling, you've got to, You've got to know where your costs are, where your margins are, what's profitable for you. Because sometimes people will think like, oh, this would be great if I did this. And it may not be a really profitable use of your time. And mm -hmm. until you really have clear ideas of, you know, your, where money goes for you, it's really hard to scale. But it's definitely hard to decide, like, am I pricing myself well if you don't really know? have those numbers so if 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 you're not there before you even think about changing rates <laughs> budget you have a good budget all right this is a good spot to to wrap up we'll do our segment on one thing to take away so my one thing to take away from this episode is just the examine examine the rates at a regular rate there is no exact mm -hmm. like when you should do it but probably five years is too long mm -hmm. and with this this increase, you know, feeling out the situation once a year might even be, if things change drastically, once a year is minimum, like to, mm -hmm. to review it. The, so for me, before five years, but one, you know, not more than one year, mm -hmm. I guess would be my main takeaway because you're, you're eroding from yourself. Like if you're not mm -hmm. watching this, it just becomes so much harder to do it when it's, when you, when you actually discover how bad it's been or how mm -hmm. much the, the rate, the inflation has changed and eroded mm -hmm. your, your earning power and your ability to pay your staff. I mean, mm -hmm. one of the big things for me out of this is if you let it go too long, you're, you're actually hurting the staff. Like, mm -hmm. you, yeah, sure. The owner can absorb some costs, but you know, you have the people having starting families, buying houses, doing these things mm -hmm. that they need to be compensated. So, uh, mm -hmm. do it, do it, review it on a regular basis. That's my one thing. What's your one thing, David? I mean, I want to, you know, encourage, you know, reinforce that in regular basis. I think a year is good, but my one thing would be take your heart out of it. And I don't mean that cold, but the, or, or you've got to, it's got to be head driven. Yeah. Feelings driven. I guess the heart can follow. So I, I'll change that. Don't take your heart out of it, but it's hard to lead with your heart. Lead with the numbers. Lead, lead with your brain. Yeah. And bring your heart with you. But, you know, you got to know uh, what's mm -hmm. your expenses, how have they adjusted? And because otherwise it just becomes, Sometimes people will do this like playing the game Battleship. They just kind of throw things out. Mm. E7 and just, and, and you know, they'll, mm. it, it, it's, a, it's a funny sort of thing. So I adjusted different people in my practice. We have a, we have a, a loose system in our practice of what people charge based on where they are in experience mm -hmm. and licensure. Like licensed people generally charge more than unlicensed people. We don't have an absolute that if you're, you're licensed, you charge this exact amount, but we try to do it within ranges to, be reflective on people's experiences and, and they get dispersed payments from the practice based on their experience level. But we moved, we're, we're in an asymmetrical number now where we added, so now the pricing ends on seven. It used to, most of the time it ends on five or zero, 
and now it ends okay. on seven. And a lot of people were upset with that. They're like, I don't like that number. I said, well, here's the issue with it though. If we were, if we, if we raise $10, that's too little based on what we're trying to adjust for. But if we raise it $15, that's too much. Too much. And I said, I realized that, and, and that was important for me. That's where my heart, I guess, did come in. Is like, I don't want to do too much. Right. And I, I realized that aesthetically, you know, $127 doesn't feel aesthetically pleasing, but like, but 130 be too much and 125 was too little. So yeah, for our team. So, but that's a head thing. It's like, I got an, I, I looked at what was the inflation rate this year? What does that percentage break down to what our current rates are? And this is where it went. So great. Be, be head forward in it. Awesome. Well, David, thank you so much for joining me for this discussion. This is James with the Scaling Therapy Practice. Thank you so much for joining us. We will see you next time. Thanks for listening. We're six episodes in. It's been an awesome journey so far. If you are enjoying what you're hearing, please take a moment to go to your review section on Apple or Spotify and write us a review. Give us a shout out. Uh, I want to thank our first reviewer, Whitney Owens from the Wise, Wise Practice Podcast for giving us a five-star review. It means so much. Thanks so much for your support. We'll see you next episode. Thank you for tuning into the Scaling Therapy Practice. We hope you found the information helpful and informative. Please keep in mind that the context of this podcast is for general information purposes only. It is not intended as tax or legal advice. If you have any legal questions or concerns, we strongly encourage you to consult with a qualified professional in your area. The Scaling Therapy Practice is a proud part of the SciCraft Network. This network of podcasts provides both self-help and business-building resources to create an impact in the world and change people's lives. Check them out at SciCraftNetwork.com.